Amen. I search the world. Come on, sing this with me. But he couldn't fill me. A man's empty praise, the treasures of faith are never enough. And you came along and put me back together. Now satisfied here in your love. Oh, oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing, and nothing is better than you. Come on. Show you my
your heart. Better than you, Lord, there's nothing. And nothing is better than you. Sing it to Jesus. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing better than you. Oh, there's nothing. Nothing is better than you. song we could ever sing Worthy of all the praise we could ever bring Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe We live for you Sing Jesus Jesus the name above every other name Jesus, the only one who could ever save. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you. We live for you. Sing holy. And holy, there is no one like you. There is none beside you.
heard your children then, you hear your children now. You are the same God, you are the same. Come on, let's sing this together. You answered prayers back then, and you will answer now. You are the same God, you are the same God. You were providing you are providing you are the same God, you are the same God.
calling on the Holy Spirit. Almighty river, come and fill me again. Come and fill me again. Come and fill us again. Let's give Jesus some praise with our hands. He's the same God. Amen and amen. Hey, turn to your neighbor and tell them hi before you sit down. Good to see you guys this morning. Good morning, church. Happy 4th of July to you. Tomorrow is our time to celebrate our independence, our freedom, and our liberty. That we are able, amen, to praise and worship a living God. Amen. And I am proud to be an American. How about you? Amen. Amen. We would love to connect with you, and the way that we do that is we have a ability to put a digital platform for you that you can put in the phone number, and it should be on the screen, that you can put that in and put in the word connect, and there's a connect card for you to fill out. So if this is your first time or you've been coming and been hesitant, you can also go out in the atrium and speak with someone and do that as well. Also, that's your way of prayer request. If you want to connect a prayer request even during the week, we'd love to come alongside and pray with you. And that's the way you can do that is to go to that connect card and text that phone number. Also, you can put the word in news. And what that will do is give you all the ministry that's going on in the life of the church and give you the opportunity to see what and check out what's going on. We just, we want to connect and the way we can do that, we also want to say that we have life groups and you have the opportunity. If you've been thinking about joining a life group, this is another way that you can do that to get to know others. We have life groups on campus and off campus and um, Kyle is outside in the atrium in front of the connect information center for you to go there and connect with that, sign up, join a life group, get to know others, celebrate Jesus and share the gospel this week. Happy 4th of July. Well, good morning. It's my honor to be here this morning. We are just so glad you're here. Um, you know, another way that you can connect with us is that you can give. And you can give through the same number that you can connect. It's 904-441-6900. You can also give in the offering boxes in the back. And there's some in the atrium. You can give online through AnastasiaChurch.org. And um, we are so thankful for the, the generosity of this congregation. You guys have really carried us through many years, and we're just so very thankful. Let us give thanks to the Lord. Father God, we just thank you for this beautiful day. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to work in freedom, to worship in freedom. Father, we just thank you for this generous congregation. Father, we ask as we take this offering that you would just lead, guide us, and direct us, Father. We ask that you would keep us firmly in the center of your will. Father, we ask that you would bless the, this offering and would you bless those who give. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
99% of Americans are going to go to a picnic or cookout. So if you're not cooking out, you're going to go join somebody who is cooking out, right? You want to be next to the grill, right? And so that equates to about, listen to this, 150 million hot dogs are consumed on the 4th of July. Anybody going to eat a hot dog tomorrow? (laughs) That's a lot of hot dogs, right? And then it said 37% of Americans are going to attend a fireworks display. Anybody going to brave downtown tomorrow and go to the fireworks, right? Yeah, here's an interesting thing I read. Three million people are going to watch fireworks from the Hudson River, right? They're going to watch the New York City and watch the fireworks there. And, and then I, I, I kind of assume, since three million people are all going to be standing there watching the fireworks there, that the rest of 300 million people living in America are coming to St. Augustine, right? If you don't believe me, go downtown tomorrow and you will know that I'm telling the truth, right? Hey, uh, there's a, you know, we are so excited to um, open up our town, obviously to fireworks. Uh, There's a shuttle, a free shuttle that goes from here to the church that drops you off downtown. And we've got a a group of amazing volunteers who are going to be here tomorrow and they're going to hand out free waters to those people who are going to be coming into the church. And we're going to open up our facilities because we want to be an outreach. We want to love on our community and we want to share the hope of Jesus. So uh, that's going to be something that's happening tomorrow, um, sharing that water. But, you know, as we come together this morning uh, to celebrate our, our 4th of July weekend, I hope it's more than just a time of barbecues. I hope it's more than just a time of gathering together. As we celebrate our Independence Day, I think it's important for us to have a time of reflection. It's a time for us to have a time of remembrance, but it's also a time for us to resurrect our priorities as a people of faith and as a nation. And so I, I want to talk this morning, uh, this morning on some priorities that we can, we can take with us on the 4th of July, that we can remember, that we can reflect on. I, I, I'm not sugarcoating anything this morning. There are some challenges that we face as a nation, right? There are some challenges that we face as a world right now. And so I, I think... As we go and we consider these challenges that we face, the beautiful thing is God's word doesn't leave us empty-handed, right? It addresses the challenges that we face right now. And in fact, as we go through scripture, many of the disciples, many of the followers of Jesus experienced similar challenges that we face today. And so we're going to be reading uh, this morning uh, from Second or 1 Peter, excuse me, uh, chapter 2, verses 9 through 17. If you have your Bibles, I encourage you to, uh, to stand and read God's word with me and turn there. First uh, Peter chapter 2, we're going to be starting in verse 9. It says this, But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. Once you had not received mercy, but you have received mercy. Beloved, I urge you as sojourners and exiles to abstain from the passions of the flesh, which wage war against your soul. Keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. Verse 13, be subject For the Lord's sake, to every human institution, whether it be to the emperor as supreme or to as governors as sent by him to punish those who do evil and to praise those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you should put to silence the ignorance of foolish people. Live as people who are free, 
not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but living as servants of God. Listen to verse 17. Honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. God, we thank you for this nation and the opportunity that we have to worship right now freely, Lord Jesus. God, but we understand that there are challenges that we face as a people, as Christians, as a nation, Lord. And God, we pray that in this, that we would turn and look to you, Lord Jesus. You're our hope. You're our salvation. You're our Lord. And so, God, we pray that you would be near to us, Lord, and guide and direct us as a people. And it's in Jesus' mighty name that we pray. And all God's people said, amen. You may be seated this morning. Some principles we can live by today. I love what the last verse there, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, honor the emperor. See, Peter, as he is writing this, was facing some challenges that are very similar to what we face, right? He struggled, right? There was some, uh, this, this governing power over him that, that was difficult, that in fact, uh, they were, there was persecution happening. In fact, uh, as you read some of the commentary under Roman uh, persecution, it said that nearly one-third of the population of Rome was slaves. And, and many of those being Christ followers who were under slavery. And in all this, Peter writes some simple truths under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says this, honor everyone, love the brotherhood, fear God, and honor the emperor. And I want us to focus on these four things this morning to ensure that our priorities are where they should be this 4th of July. Because if you're like me and, and you're not careful, sometimes my priorities can get off-centered, right? Amen. I can get to places and thinking things that I should not think. And so I want to make sure that everything I do honors and pleases the Lord Jesus. So the first thing he says here is honor everyone. First Peter 2.17, right? Honor everyone. You know, that word honor implies showing kindness. Showing kindness, showing honor. But it's showing love, but it's just not talking about it. It's just not thinking about it. The word literally means to show love in action, right? Oh, that's challenging, right? Honor everyone. This word is implying to show kindness, to love, to value those around you. Romans 10, 12, 10 says it kind of similar. It says, love one another with brotherly affection. It says this, right? Outdo one another in showing honor, right? It's this action that we show towards one another. No, Peter wrote this at a difficult time where Christians were being uh, persecuted. They were facing difficult times. And, and, you know, it was a struggle to love those who persecuted you. It was a struggle to love those who dishonored you. But under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, Peter writes, we got to honor everyone and we got to show love through our actions. You know, it's, it's hard sometimes to love others, right? <laughs> Anybody with me? It's hard to love those who are difficult. It's hard to sometimes love those who think different, who act different, who believe different. But yet, God calls us to honor everyone. I think to really understand this uh, paradigm, to really embrace it, here's the reality we must embrace. God created humanity. Humanity is God's creation. And listen to this, we honor the creator when we, when we honor the creation. We honor the creator when we honor the creation. If God so loved the world, if he so loved man to create him and this precious life, how much more than should we honor the creation? 
But it doesn't just stop there. Not only did God create humanity, Christ went to the cross to redeem humanity. If Christ thought every person was so important enough to go to the cross for them, for their sake, how much more should we as a people love those around us? If a person is valuable to Christ, why shouldn't they be valuable to me? If Christ honored them by going to the cross and sacrificing his life, his blood, his body for their salvation and redemption, how much more should I value them and honor them with my life? Honor everyone. Mark 7, 6 says this, and he said to them, he says, don't be a people like this. He says, don't be like the people that Isaiah prophesies about. Well, did Isaiah prophesies of the hypocrites as it is written? This people honors me with their lips, but their heart is far from me. Let's not be a people who honors God with our lips, who honors others with our lips. Let's be a people who honor God with our actions and with the love that we show the world around us. Peter says, honor everyone, especially when it's difficult, especially when it's trying, especially when people are different. And believe different than you. Honor everyone. Second thing he makes a point of is love your spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. You can write that down. Love your spiritual brothers and sisters in Christ. Going back to our verse in 17. Honor everyone and love the brotherhood. This term brotherhood is only used twice in the New Testament. And it is to represent Christianity as a whole, right? It's not just talking about Anastasia Church. It's not just talking about the churches in St. Augustine. It's talking about all churches throughout the entire world. And it says we are to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Now you would think, right, that that would be like a low-hanging fruit, right? (laughs) As Christians, we would love other Christians, right? That's simple, right? That makes sense. But here we are in 1 Peter, (laughs) and he's got to bring it up. And the reason he had to bring it up is because churches at that time, just like churches today, struggled loving one another well. They struggled. And it's the reality that we face. And so many Christians misrepresent the body of faith because they are not showing other Christians the love of Jesus. You want to hurt our testimony? You want to hurt your testimony as a follower of Christ? Don't love others the way Christ loves you. That hurts the body of faith. Love as Christ has loved us. And we have to work as Christians, brothers and sisters, to love one another. You know, I I get it that as as Christ followers, we live in, as a body of believers, we do life together, right? And when you do life together, life can get messy. I get it. But Christ came to redeem us. He has given us the example. 1 Peter 2.12, he says this, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. And in this sense, the Gentiles is those who don't believe, right? And he says, so that when you speak against evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation, right? In other words, he's saying they need to see within you something that is different and how you love one another. You know, maybe to paint a better picture, how many of you have siblings in here, Right? have siblings that are close in age, okay? Now, you tell me, did you and your siblings ever argue? Did you guys ever go to battle, right? <laughs> did you guys ever fight? Did you guys ever disagree, right? I, uh, you know, I, I have a, a 
a, an eight-year-old and a three-year-old. And I, I grew up, my brothers were substantially older than me. So when I was growing up, they were out of the house. So I didn't really understand this. But now that I have two kids who are close in age, can I tell you, it's like World War III in my house almost every day, right? <laughs> they argue, they fight. They love each other, but they argue and they fight, right? <laughs> and that's what happens when you do life together. When you live in the same household, when you live in the same community of faith, right? There are challenges that you face. But that doesn't give you a reason not to love your brothers and sisters in Christ. It can be challenging. Uh, you know, I, I, was, I was talking to a, a friend of mine, and he was talking about the relationship that his siblings had. They were all close in age, and he, he was telling me a story, and I, I just couldn't believe, like, how mean a sibling could be to one other sibling. But if you have siblings in here that are close in age, you probably understand this. But there had been this arguing amongst two of his siblings, and uh, one of his brothers really made one of his sisters really mad. And, and I, I couldn't believe this, right? His sister was so mad she waited till her brother was sleeping, and she went in his room and shaved both his eyebrows off. <laughs> he had to go to school the next few weeks with no eyebrows. <laughs> but they love each other. <laughs> you know, we can do some, some really crazy things to one another as brothers and sisters in Christ. But to protect our testimony, to protect those who are lost... We need to set an example of faith. We need to show that when our brothers and sisters go through hard times, when there's challenges, that we're the first ones to step up to walk alongside of them. When our brothers and sisters are facing illness and they're sick or there's a loss in the family, we need to be the first ones there to show up and say, hey, how can I love you? How can I support you? That shows the type of love that Christ has shown to us. That's the type of people we need to be. First uh, Peter 5, uh, 8, Peter went to go and write about this. He says, be sober-minded, be watchful, for your adversary the devil prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Resist him, stand firm in your faith, knowing that the same kinds of sufferings are being experienced by your brotherhood throughout the world. We need to be reminded that each of us belongs to a greater body of believers called the church. And when one part of the body struggles, we all struggle. When one part of the body suffers, we all suffer. We need to be mindful of it. We need to care for and love our brothers and sisters in Christ. But we also need to be aware that right now, as we speak, there are those who are gathering together as the church in secret for fear of persecution. There are those who are, who are worried that what it means in their family, if they find out that they are Christ followers, what their family may do to them. We need to be aware that right now that there are Christians all over the world who are struggling for the sake of the gospel. We need to be mindful of it and we need to encourage and we need to uplift them. This is the call that Peter has. He knew that during the time that he was writing, uh, the Roman Empire was persecuting under Nero many Christians and they were being crucified, they were being tortured, they were being all kinds of things. And we need to be mindful, we need to be praying for, we need to be encouraging, we need to be loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. There's a priority that we need to revisit this 4th of July, it's loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Third thing that you can write down this morning that he says is fear God. Fear God. I wonder how many of us here this morning have a healthy and sincere fear 
sometimes I think when we talk about fearing the Lord, it's a struggle, right? It's this idea that we're supposed to be in a loving relationship with the Lord, but we're also supposed to fear him at the same time. And so there's kind of this mix of emotions, right? And when we talk about fear, usually that spurs a couple of reactions in our, in our body. If you've ever been afraid of something, it's that fight or flight, right? You've heard of that, right? We either, we either run away from it or we try to fight it, right? But scripture tells us that we're to have a fear of the Lord. Proverbs even talks about that the, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, right? It's an important part of it. And this fear, as we understand, it's about a reverence. It's about an awe of who God is. It's a healthy understanding of what God desires of us. But further, that God is the one who's ultimately in charge. He is our judge. He is our heavenly father. He is the creator of all things. And so that when we stand before him, his ways are greater than our ways. His thoughts are more majestic than my thoughts. He is so much more above me. And so when I understand that, when I have a healthy understanding of who God is, it, it brings me to a place of worship. It brings me to a place of reverence. It's not a, so much of pushing away from God, it's a drawing near unto him because of who he is. To see the fullness of his majesty. Uh, I think a way to maybe illustrate this is, uh, a couple years ago, I, um, I got an opportunity, and you guys maybe laugh at this, I, I got an opportunity to do a shark dive, all right? So I, I've been scuba diving since I was a little kid, and, uh, and so there was an opportunity, I was in the Bahamas and got to go diving with sharks. And so literally, they, they drop a box of fish heads on the bottom of the ocean, and all these sharks just kind of swarm around. And so I remember going there, and uh, there's a picture I took of, of right there up close and personal with a shark. And I remember going, and as, and, you know, naturally, it wasn't like I wasn't afraid. Like, I was nervous, right? There's all these sharks, and as you're looking over the side of the boat in the clear water, you could see all the sharks squirming around and circling around, and I was worried about it. But I remember going, and, and the dive instructor says, hey, I, I just want you guys to know that as we go uh, diving with these sharks, there's a couple things you need to understand. First off, we are in their house, right? <laughs> you are in their sanctuary. Respect them, okay? Uh, don't go be aggressive toward the shark. Don't swim up to the shark, right? They are predators. Respect them. Also, don't show fear, right? <laughs> don't be flailing around, which was my first inclination when I got in the water, right? Uh, don't act like you're a hurt fish, you know? Uh, swim you know, with caution, but just swim very gracefully. Don't flutter around. But he says, once you respect them on their territory, once you have a healthy fear of it, you can go to the place of admiring them in their natural sanctuary, right? Some of you are like, Pastor Sam, you lost me. I don't, I don't even know what you're talking about. I don't, that didn't even sound like fun. So I, I get down and, and I'm swimming with the sharks. And, and of course, this, this guy right here comes right up to me. And it's kind of that moment of truth, right? He's swimming right up to me, and I'm like, oh, man, did I make a bad decision? Like, you're seeing the business end of the shark right there. You see all the teeth. You see that predator look in their eye, and I'm like, oh, man, this was a bad decision, Sam. And so, but I remembered everything I said. I gave respect. I gave distance, and I, I tried not to flutter around. <laughs> I tried to just be calm. And for a moment there, I was able to admire the beauty of God's creation. And it was this serene moment. Yes, I was in the water with a shark. And I, yes, I was fearful, but I was able to see on the bottom of the blue seas in the Bahamas on this reef, this beautiful shark that God had created. It's still, some of you are like, Sam, that's crazy, right? But here's the point that I want to make. When we admire and honor and give reverence to God for who he is, for the creator, 
for the one in power, then we begin to understand and to see the fullness of God's beauty. That the God of all creation, the God that has made it you and me, who has made the galaxies, he wants to know me and to be in relationship with me. Fear God. Fear God. We need to keep that as our priority as we come together as this 4th of July. Look, you know, we know the one who is in charge. We know the one who is in power. His name is God, right? God our Father, the Lord Jesus, he is the one who is in control. Honor and obey him. Matthew 10, 28 says, Do not fear those who kill the body but cannot kill the soul. Rather, fear him who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Right? Understand God's position and who he is. But out of that, may it create a place of reverence and honor for him. Fourth thing you can write down is respect our nation and its leaders. Last thing that he writes in that verse 17 of the four principles, honor the emperor. You know, Peter, in the midst of the brokenness that he saw in Rome, the crooked leadership, those who were persecuting Christians, under the influence of the Holy Spirit, wrote, honor the emperor. I imagine that must have been a struggle for him. Imagine that must have been difficult for him. Especially thinking that during that time, nearly one-third of Rome comprised of slaves, many of those being Christians. And Peter saw the difficult times, yet he wanted to point out that we are called by God to honor those who are in authority. You know, as I, as I look at this, I think it's interesting that in the first part of 17, he said, honor everyone, right? <laughs> you would think that honor everyone would be, you know, plain and simple to be inclusive of, hey, honor everyone, honor those who are in authority, those who are not in authority, honor everyone, right? But he felt the need under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit to further write, honor the emperor. And I think that was because many would struggle to do so. Many would struggle and so he points this out that, that we are called, and he even goes further in verse 4, previous, honor the governors, honor the emperors, you know, show respect, give value. And he says, live as a people who are free, not using your freedom to cover up evil, but living as servants of God. See, when you struggle to honor those in authority, here's the simple truth, right? Our highest authority is to the Lord Jesus. Our highest authority belongs to the Lord Jesus. And under his authority to us, he has said to us, honor those who are in authority. That's his decree. In fact, scriptures tells us that we are to be servants of God, right? Servants of the Lord most high. And as a servant to God, I follow the lordship and the leadership of the Lord Jesus. And here, right in scripture, he is instructing me, my Lord, my Savior is instructing me to honor those who are in authority. Now listen, that, that may not mean that you always agree with them. That may not mean that you believe like them. But God calls us to pray for, to value, to see those as God's creation, to see those as whom God, Christ, went to the cross for. Honor those in authority. Again, if I'm speaking honestly, <laughs> It can be real challenging to look at the world around us and, and desire for leaders to be making a difference in our world, to see the brokenness. And, and again, if I'm honest, I see brokenness. I see the challenges that we face here in our country. But can I tell you, me yelling at them, being mad at them, unfortunately, is probably not going to change a whole lot. 
I need to be the change that I want to see in our nation. I need to be the one praying for. I need to be the one sharing the example of Christ's faithfulness. We need to be the salt that God has called us to be on this earth. We need to be the example. I think of a lot like this. Uh, you know, in, in my house, my wife and I, we have two kids, right? And, and sometimes, if I'm real honest with you, y'all don't judge me, right? My house gets messy. <laughs> sometimes dishes pile up in the sinks, y'all don't judge me, right? Sometimes there's mountains of clothes of laundry that we need to do. Can I get amen in the house, right? Sometimes my floors get dirty. Sometimes there's dust on the walls, right? Sometimes there's dusting that needs to take place. But can I tell you, I can come home and I could yell at the dirty floors. I could be mad at the pile of dirty laundry in the house. I mean, I I could get frustrated. I could even get frustrated at the people living in my house. (laughs) And be mad that the house is not clean. But can I tell you, it's as much my responsibility as their responsibility. And I can curse all those uh, dirty piles of laundry. I can be mad at all the dirty dishes in there. But until I roll up my sleeves, until I get down on my hands and feet and start scrubbing the floors, no difference, no change is going to happen. I think very simply for our nation, until we go before the Lord and get it on our hands and knees and pray and seek him and be willing to roll up our sleeves and be out in the community to be the change that we desire to see, to be the salt of the earth, to be the love that Christ has compelled us to be and to show we're not going to see the change that we need to see. I love what First Chronicles says. It says, 714, if my people who are called by my name humble themselves, right? Humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and forgive their sins and heal their land. Listen, there's some challenges that we have as a nation. But can I tell you, I know the Redeemer. I know the one who can redeem us. I know the one who can redeem our nation. And we need to look to him. We need to put faith in him. We need to seek the Lord our God. Uh, In closing, I'm going to share just a quick story, and I'll close this out this morning. Uh, A couple weeks ago, I I had the privilege of helping to uh, officiate a a Memorial Day service at the National Cemetery downtown. And uh, it was just a heavy, heavy service. As we are honoring those who have gone before us and have given their lives uh, and sacrificed for the freedoms that we experience as a people, it was just heavy. And I remember being there and they were literally reading the names of those who had recently passed away, giving their life. And I mean, it was so heavy. I mean, it was like almost to the point that there, there, was, there was not a dry eye anywhere. And I remember they're reading the names and it's an outside event and it is humid, it is hot outside, there's no breeze. And I mean, it was like you could feel the heaviness, the burden, the brokenness. I I was almost feeling discouraged. And I remember as I was sitting there, right in the midst of the heat, rich in the thickness of the sorrow of the moment, as we were standing in the National Cemetery, everything was still. This ever so slight of a breeze began to blow. And I remember the flag that was right in front of me, it began to wave a little bit. I took a picture of it. And in the moment of our brokenness, of our hurt, it was to me as a reminder of our Redeemer. And can I tell you, our Redeemer is still faithful. Our Redeemer still lives. And he is still in the business of redeeming people 
And he's in the business of redeeming nations. And so my prayer, my prayer is that though we face discouragement, that we would not neglect to turn to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, because he is our redeemer. And that's my prayer. That's my prayer. Will you pray with me this morning? Lord Jesus, God, and with a heavy heart, God, we lift up our nation to you. With a heavy heart, we lift up the brokenness, the sin that is in our world right now, Lord. God, we pray that we would seek you. We pray that our eyes, that our attention would be on you, Lord Jesus, that we would honor you, Lord Jesus. God, may we go with confidence knowing that our Redeemer lives, that he is here, that he is strong. And God, may we seek you as a people, as a nation, with everything that we have. May we be a people who are praying, God, who are looking to you, Lord Jesus. And God, I pray that we would be the change that we want to see, that we would share the love of Christ in our community, in our nation. That as the world looks to Christ's followers, that we would set the example. God, we love you and we praise you and we pray all this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Church, let's stand. Let's worship this morning. And if God has laid something on your heart, if you need prayer this morning, you come this morning. You come as the Lord leads.
Have a great day, church. God bless you.